0: The following audio recording is intended for business people. It contains mature concepts and adult themes and language. It is not recommended for children. Hi there! Are you already successful in business, past the startup and into phase two? Already have regular clients and not worried about revenues? Maybe other things worry you, like what's the medium to long-term future, which is the shortest way forward that translates to money, or do you wish you had help with business strategy, innovation, or future-proofing? If you're interested in spending some time with a business person who has executed and implemented almost all of the things you're about to hear, resulting in annual company revenue of $7.2 million a year, then you can relax your mind. Your ears are on the right Business Bits podcast. Get comfortable and please create an environment for success for yourself and turn off any distractions. Welcome to the Business Bits podcast by Nikki Christensen.
1: Right now in your business, if you have staff, do you feel like the business is running you? Do you feel like you've lost a little bit of control and that the minute that you're not there, everybody sort of slackens off and everything slows down? Would you like to know how to fix that? The difference is I'm not going to sell you a course or ask you to go and do a three-day face-to-face workshop or even do a 12-week online half an hour course a day. It is very simple to fix lack of staff motivation and engagement in a business. But as small to medium enterprises, sometimes we haven't had the skills and the training to actually be able to achieve it. So I'm going to share it with you because I've gone through this myself and I've implemented it myself in my business. My business does 5 million Australian a year in revenue. Uh, We have a team of 21, eight FTEs, full-time equivalents. And here's the key to doing it. People will do a job and do it exceptionally well if they feel like they are part of a higher purpose, if their job has higher meaning than simply just showing up, answering email, answering the phone and executing customer requests. How do you instill a purpose in somebody and a higher purpose? That actually comes through leadership. Now, leadership has to come from the company figurehead. Now, if you're a husband and wife team, as I am with Millie, I'm the leader in the company. Millie doesn't want to be the leader, although she is the de facto leader and she's uh, rising to that role very, very well but I've always been the spiritual leader and the company leader of the group. So you've got to work out clearly who is the leader. Now, it can be a joint leadership, sure, but normally there'll be one person that actually is the leader of the company that can set the tone and really outline the things for people. So number one, get good on who the leader is going to be. Now, as a leader, you have a responsibility to actually outline the strategy, the vision and the future as you see it And why you and your company and the people in it, your team, what you are striving and aiming for, why you are doing it and why it matters. Now, I'm not just talking about writing an essay or doing a PowerPoint and running it at the next staff meeting. To actually achieve that and to give you a chance of being an effective leader, you actually have to set visions and values. You have to set and become good at or come up with what is your core purpose in life. What would you lose? What would the world lose if your business ceased to exist? That was the question we were confronted with when we first started down this path of core purpose. What is the secret source, And then what does it do for your company? So my company is a flower auction, which is like a flower wholesaler, except we're much more nerdy, much more high tech, and much more innovative. When we asked this question to our team, because we actually included our team in this, Let me take a step back. What we did first was we learned this, actually, this step at Elite Forum at Infusionsoft in Arizona about 10 years ago. Millie and I both realized that we wanted our company to grow and that we were limited by our knowledge as own operators. So let's go and learn some stuff. So we did. And part of that process was developing the core purpose. Now, the core purpose, we got about 70% of the way there before we took it back to our team and then workshopped it. It was very important that we let them have an active participation in coming up with the core purpose because it has to be the team that owns it because if it's simply just a document that hangs on the wall, then it's going to be nothing more than a marketing piece and that's not what this is about. You see, I used to think every time I'd walk into a business and there was a mission statement hanging on the wall that that was just some bit of marketing fluff that the Americans came up with. No disrespect to my American friends but it's just like that's what was always rammed down our management throats Mission statement, mission statement, mission statement. What I failed to realize back then through ignorance, but I'm enlightened now, is that a mission statement, which I call the core purpose statement, actually sets the tone for why your company exists and what it does. So in the flower business, my flower auction, which is like a wholesaler, we whittled away our core purpose until we got to the one core purpose that we really felt like we were about, and that was assisting flower retailers to succeed. Five words. Five words perfect for a billboard but it's not a billboard it's the statement for your company and for your team once we had that we then go went right what makes somebody a Christensen's person and then we set out the six key values that we felt went into making a Christensen's team member so once we worked out that secret sauce part those uh, six key values that we had were clearly defined Now, ours were – and there's there's no particular relevance of order. They were just the six key things that made a CFA team member. We're going to do what we say we're going to do. We're going to be driven but humble. We practice open and honest communication. We value loyalty. We believe people matter. And we will always be honest and truthful in our dealings with others. So those six things are actually what we actually hire to now. So when we have uh, an interview – we actually say to the candidate, here are our six values. If any of these, you do not openly go 100% yes, that is me, then you need to voice that now because that shows that there is some alignment issues for you coming in. So once you work out what is the reason that your business or company exists and you get your core purpose and you then extrapolate out what are the core values that your team has, that's the starting point because only then can you start to get team alignment and engagement in what it is that you're doing. I would recommend that you sit down quietly, talk with your key stakeholders, even if you involve your top management team to begin with, and try and nut out what it is your secret source is. What would the world lose if you ceased to exist tomorrow? What's the number one thing that makes you you? And in Christensen's, it really was, about assisting the flower retailers to succeed because we firmly knew that if they were successful, we would be successful because we were part of the chain. Now, did you notice we didn't put down sell more, sell more flowers, uh, get a bigger business, have more engaged customers, all that's great marketing, but that's not what I'm talking about. This is the real, real deep stuff. So once you've got team buy-in and you've got a core purpose and you've got core values then you can start to get team alignment now team alignment starts with these two areas so you have a consultative process you get them to agree come up in the workshop agree with these and then you roll these out in your company you print them out in nice color go down to your local office works uh, if you haven't got color printers at work and, and get a really nice poster size printed get a frame a clip frame and hang that up in the office, in the staff room. We've got our vision and values and purpose hanging around our workplace. Once you've got that, then you actually have to come up with your vision and strategy for the company for the next one, maybe two years. Now, this is where I differ a little bit from some of the coaching I've had. A lot of people talk about a BHAG, which is a big, hairy, audacious goal, which will then be the ultimate aim and then you're going to break it down into micro tasks to actually get you to the BHAG and that then breaks down into smarts. That's the official way of doing this whole process. For me, that doesn't quite work that way in practice for how I like to do it. So again, not to confuse you, let's keep it in one step at a time. Work out your core purpose, work out your visions and values. Then you should sit down and work out what is your strategic goal for your company in the next 12 months, maybe 24 at the outset. I'm not really interested in the longer term ones yet because the short term ones are the ones that you can get the team excited about now, unless you're Elon Musk and SpaceX. So once you've done that, you'll start to get an idea on where you want to take the company. So, to give you an idea for me, Retail floristry in my flower business is decreasing with an increase of event companies. So that means business that's done through the door in the retail floristry sector is down. Business that's done at markets and supermarkets is up. So how do I, as a business that has a core purpose of assisting flower retailers to succeed, set a course to stay true to my core value and continue to build my brand and my business? We actually came up with... We need to make shopping more convenient, 24-7, anytime that suits the customer. So we came up with the idea of unshackling ourselves from our live daily sales events to shop anytime in our online market. So that project, which we've been working on for about 16 months now, that's what we've been aiming for as a company for the last 16 months. I set about setting the vision for the team, explaining why we were doing it and the benefits to the company, And then we just went for it. Now, the good part about getting the team dialed in and the alignment of that is that we had a lot of problems on the way. For those of you who've ever done technology development, you'll understand the problems and challenges faced with all that back-end development, UX, user experience, front-end, debugging, all that sort of stuff. I'm also chief user experience uh, at my company, so I'm very hands-on involved in uh, the development of our online platforms. So when we hit those speed bumps, the team was dialled in as to why we were doing and undertaking the change, which made it easier for them to explain and empathise with the customer. It wasn't a case of, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, how annoying is that? The company's doing it, but I don't know why. So there was none of that them versus us mentality. It really was about all in this together. We're making it better for you. We, 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 not, yeah, the company or it or vice versa they. So back at the start of this Business Bits podcast, I asked you the question. I said, do you ever feel frustrated about your business that when you go away, it drops and the business runs you, you don't run it? Well, the key is to get the core purpose sorted, to get the visions and values sorted. And then you can sit down and work out your strategy, where you want to take the business for the next 12 months, maybe 24, but any further out than that is a waste of time because you don't know what's going to happen in the next 24 months. And then from there, you can set about seeing the vision for that and then you're getting your team buy-in on that journey. Now, just like you should be selling the benefits of what your company does for your customer all the time, which is something I struggle with. I have to improve my pushing of that in my company. So it's hard, but make sure you do it. Always sell the benefits of your company to your customers, always, always, always. Don't fall into the trap of thinking they've been dealing with me for a while so they know what I do. <clears throat> customers forget make sure you sell the benefits. But just like you have to sell benefits to customers, you then have to sell benefits to your team. So make sure you resell the benefits of why you're doing and how you're going and have regular check-in meetings with the team. Now, if I could do my last 16-month journey over, I actually would have increased the number of formal meetings I had with my team to keep them abridged of exactly where we are at. But I didn't do that. I was a little bit lax in my team meetings. And that's something I would change the next time through this process when I reset the new strategy for where we're heading. So if you want more control on your business, you have to have those key elements. Now you'll notice that one of our key values was um, we do what we say we're going to do and we practice open and honest communication. Those two are the key really, because that gives us the vehicle to have open and honest discussions when people aren't performing, when their attitude's a bit sucky, when they aren't really doing their job 100%. I know you've got formal job reviews where you can do, but let's face it, small to medium businesses, we don't always get the job reviews done the way that they're supposed to. But because we have everyone's buy-in on the values, I can walk up to a staff member. I can call them into the office and say, hey, listen, your attitude is really flat and low. Like you're really down. What's going on? And we can have that discussion. There's not this formal structure that has to go through. It's not this big deal. So there's the way for you to unshackle yourself from your business. It's not a lot of work. This is the interesting part. And once you do it, this becomes a living, breathing part of your business operations. And once you do it, gone are the days of having that mission statement just hanging in reception. It really becomes the lifeblood of who you are and it articulates it for everybody. And that's when the magic starts to get unlocked. Oh, I'm so excited. I actually wanted to facilitate workshops in this on how to do it because it's such an exciting process. It's difficult, but once you get there, it's just like, whoa, fantastic. If you're really struggling you want me to facilitate a workshop with you and your team, hit me up. I'll come and consult you for a day. But, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful process. And when you do it and you come out the other side, it'll be painful on the way through, but you will, will have reinvented your business and you'll feel like, wow, I finally have control of where I'm heading, what I stand for, and I can finally articulate that and I can get the team's buy-in and they, here's the key, and they can communicate that forward to my customers and my suppliers. Truly, truly powerful stuff. I'm Nikki Christensen. This is Business Bits. Thanks for listening. To your success.
0: That was another session with Nikki Christensen and the Business Bits podcast. In case you were wondering, it's called Business Bits by Nikki Christensen because it's business served up in bits. Take away what you want and leave behind the bits you don't. The key is implement what you've learned straight away. If you want more, go to nikki Christensen.com. It's also where you can get your limited edition Nikki Christensen wristband. So until next time, remember what Nikki always says, version one is better than version none.